Welcome to the Brentwood School Podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life within the school. This is the place to keep up to date and in touch with our community. So let's get into this episode right now of the Brentwood School Podcast. In this episode, we're talking sport with the Director of Sport, Neil Gamester. We find out what the role of Director of Sport entails, about Brentwood's sporting successes and about some famous sporting alumni. We discover how sport is being studied off the field and about sports scholarships. We chat about the sportsman behind the director role. Let's meet Neil Gamester. Hello. Good morning, Tracy. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Yeah, good. So now you joined Brentwood School fairly recently, January 2021. Are you enjoying it? And what do you think of Brentwood so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's, um, you know, it's a fantastic place to be. I'm really priv- I feel really privileged to be leading sport at such a well-renowned school. Joined in a challenging time in the depths of COVID. So I was meeting staff and students on Zoom, first of all, which was a bit of a unique experience. But I suppose it, that's probably why it's the staff and students that make the school so special. Um, you know, I felt so welcomed when I, when I first joined. I mean, the students particularly, I think young people unfairly get a bad rap at times, don't they? But I've got to say our students are fantastic. Yes, young people always make mistakes, but I think as a student body, they're, they're, they're fantastic to work with. I think that's certainly been the highlight for me so far. Now tell us more about your teaching career and the various roles that have got you to where you are today. So I've been teaching for 15 years, um, probably a slightly different journey to most. I actually only worked at one school previously uh, to Brentwood, so I was at one school for yeah, 14 years, uh, Dame Alice Owens, which is in Podspar in Hertfordshire. From there, I held you know a number of different roles, started off as teacher of PE, picked up a couple of heads of sport roles. I was head of athletics for a time, head of football, head of rugby, sort of changed and went to pastoral routes. I was a head of year and then head of key stage uh, and then went back into sport as a director of sport. And I did that role for five years before moving on to Brentwood. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great place to work. I certainly learned a lot, but I always had ambitions to lead sport at one of the big independent schools and Brentwood you know, we'd, we'd played it in many fixtures over the years. And every time I sort of came over, I was like, oh, I'd love to work here. Great for yeah. I'd like every time I came, I was like, wow, it's such a great place. And then I think I did an A-level moderation in 2019. I spent the whole day there and I was like, right, if this job ever comes up, I'm definitely going to go for it. And yeah, lo and behold, a year later, it came up, which has been brilliant. So dream come true at the moment, yes. So just tell me what a director of sport actually does. Oof, how long have we got? I mean, it's, I suppose... I always see it as you're responsible for all sporting matters in the school and that's for every child and that's from age 3 to 18 and I think my main role is to make sure there's a culture of health, you know, health and fitness and sport so it doesn't matter what you enjoy what we hope to do is that every single child has something when they leave Brentwood they're going to stay with sport they're going to stay with exercise I think that's my main role ensuring that sport and exercise is a real positive outlook for all students and you want to make it as positive experience as possible sort of day-to-day sort of operationally you're leading a big team of staff um, including you know including the ground staff you know communications catering it's quite a, a big program there you sort of day-to-day and then strategically you're thinking about right what does sport look like now what does sport look like in five years time how do we stay ahead of the curve in terms of sports we introduce um, you know, for example, you know, girls football is the fastest growing sport in the UK. So we need to make sure that we are providing that. But also we need to make sure that we can sustain, improve our current programme. So it's, it, it's looking at the programme, looking at the programme overall and ensuring that all students are catered for from the elite 
from those who want to participate in a team and those who just want to have fun with their friends. Wow, you're right. It is a big yeah. job. As you mentioned, yeah. groundsmen. So tell us a little bit more about your facilities at Brentwood, the ones that you were dying to join. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're very fortunate. We've got a huge array of different facilities. I mean, you know, outside the loan, there's at least sort of 12 uh, football rugby pitches. We've got two AstroTurfs for hockey, um, two sets of courts for netball, tennis. We've got a six-lane athletics track. I think there's very few schools in the country who can say they've got a full athletics facilities. And then obviously you go inside, squash courts, swimming pool, sports hall. There's a lot of fencing, Sal. It's, um, I, I think you'll struggle to find an activity you can't do at Brentwood. Yeah, and obviously the grounds team do a great, great job. I think when you sort of look at our pitches on a Saturday morning, you think, "Wow, you're you're, you're playing you're playing at Premier League ground." The, the the quality of the pitches is 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 really something. And I think the ground staff they do a great job in making sure they're ready. Whether that's cricket, whether that's you know whether it's the, the netball courts, whether it's football, there's everything's always ready for us, so we can um, yeah showcase that on a Saturday Saturday sport. Beginning to see why you wanted to be there. That's right. So tell us about your own passion, physical education. Was it your favourite subject at school? Has it always been in your life? Yeah, PE is something I've always like had a passion for from, you know, even from primary school. I remember that was the one subject that I always was excited about during the day. You know, that was it, it didn't matter what was on during the day. As long as I had some sort of PE or a practice, I was like, I can't wait to be at school. Um, and that was... Yeah, from a very young age, really. I was really fortunate with my teachers. I had some fantastic PE teachers when I was a child and they really sort of helped motivate, motivate me and wanted to become a PE teacher. And I just, I just see the benefits of sport and PE. And I think there's sometimes that perception that, oh, it's only for the children who enjoy sport, but there's so many benefits to being active. And I think the more the literature that comes out that showcases that, look, it reduces your anxiety levels it improves your mental well-being it helps you so, you socializing there's so many different aspects to sport and PE that don't have to be just about performance performance is great I love performance that's a real passion of mine as well but you know PE for me is for everyone and I want everyone to have that positive experience because I know the benefits they'll get later on in life Mm. That's really good to hear, actually, because if you've got a, a, a very sporting school and you're not, it can be very daunting, can't it? Of course. And I can remember when I was at school, you had groups of students who, who loved being in the team. But then what about the other? I don't know. It could be 90 percent of the students. And I think sometimes if you're a school that only cater for the elite, you're going to miss out on maybe the, the students who develop slightly later. But also, I think we've got that responsibility to say, look, when you leave school, exercise should be a you know a regular part of your of your routine. And I think if we don't get the habits right in school, and if we don't give them something that they can in, they'll take away and enjoy, I think we're probably not doing our job correctly. So look, I love I love performance. I've, I'm, that's a real passion of mine, and some of my probably my greatest experiences and memories have been in that environment, both as a performer but and as a teacher. But I'm also passionate about making sure everyone enjoys sport and everyone can access it and everyone can take something away as they leave school. That's really good to hear. So come on, let's talk about your successes then. Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a long time ago now. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Don't be shy. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I was fortunate to represent my country. Um, so I was a athlete, sort of middle distance runner, sort of started mainly on the track, sort of 1,500 metres. And as I got older and maybe a bit slower, I gravitated more towards the longer distances, so the cross-country and the sort of 10K road events. Um, yes, yeah, so I ran for England a few times at cross-country. Um, I placed third at the British Champs for over 3,000 metres. I mean, 
I, I challenge you to find a sports person who's satisfied with their career. Um, you know, I would love, love to have achieved more. Obviously, injuries were a big part of my career, unfortunately. Um, I mean, ironically, I'm not even the fastest runner in the department. We've got another member of staff, Mr. Warburton, who ran for Great Britain. He was an outstanding 1,500-metre runner. But no, it's, it's nice to look back and say that I was an international. I think that's always something I can take away with me. I mean, I don't know how many people that have represented their country at cross-country. I guess it's not that few when you think about how many people yeah. there are nationally. I think that it could be seen as a great achievement. I'd love to have ran faster I'd love to have gone to Olympics obviously but no I mean I can look back I'm sure at some point I'll look back and be proud that yeah I was an international and competed in a high stage yeah obviously you know training partners you know obviously everyone knows Mo Farah he was you know I competed against him from the age of 14 Um, so it's you know I suppose certainly the memories I take away and who I got to train with and race against that's probably the most special for me and very really useful, actually, to have that kind of in your tank, as it were, when you're talking to people that are looking to do that. You have actually got the experience. You've been there, got the T-shirt, haven't you, literally? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that the students who are pursuing those type of goals, I can give them some sort of guidance on what is required to get to that level. Um, not only from what I did, but seeing the people I trained with who, who did go to the Olympics, I know the time they put in and the sacrifice you have to make. So, yeah, I think certainly that's something I can... I can talk to through with students and that's an area we can support for sure. And we're lucky actually in the P department, I think I've lost count, but I think we've got at least six members of staff who've, if they've not represented their country, they've, they've certainly played at the highest level. You know, one of our, our head of football played in the Premier League. We've got, you know, four members of staff who've played National League hockey. Our cricket professional had 10 years of a career for Essex. You know, our head of boys games has just been selected to play for the Welsh Rugby Sevens team. So we've got a huge amount of expertise. I mentioned Mr. Warburton earlier, another GB athlete. I'm sure there's people I've missed. But, you know, I think we're fortunate that in terms of our current department, that sort of top level of sport, we've got lots of experience there that we can pass on to the students for sure. Yeah, I can hear the pride and passion in your voice as well for your teammates. It's really lovely. So um, Brentwood's obviously known for its sporting achievements. Tell us a little bit more about those successes. It's, um, yeah, we're, we're fortunate that we've had some incredible success over the years. Um, and I know, like, I think I must say at this point, obviously, previous direct sport, Ian Wignall, um, he, would have, he would have been a huge, huge driver behind that in terms of the successes. I think, it's, you know, I think when I step in, it's almost like you've got an easier job. There's a great culture already in, in the school, which is amazing. We're the only school currently to have won the, uh, the Independent Schools Football Association at all three age groups, which is really impressive we haven't won one for a while but we're making strides to see if we can make that a realistic target uh, recently we had two of our netball teams in the national finals incredible achievement one of our swimming teams uh, were in the national finals earlier this year we had a squash team in the national final last week um, it's you know county county championships are like a regular occurrence we had you know netball rugby hockey you I mean you, I think you'll struggle to find a sport where we don't have success Athletics national finals when it was last took place pre-COVID. I think it would be a bad year if we didn't have at least one sport in a national final. I'm going to probably list it off six there off the top of my head. A question there in the national finals. Yeah, it's um, it's it's great to see so many students who get to compete for their school at the at the the very highest level. Yeah. Do you find that the for the rest of the pupils it lifts them as well? Even if they're not competing, they get carried away on the tide of success. I, I think that's a really important aspect of how you merge like participation and the elite performers. You know, our um, under fifteen football team they had an a, they had a national cup final at school a few months ago, and there was 
there was their, their whole year group wanting to watch. And I think they were all excited about the game and supporting their teammates. And I think when you see students or a year group get behind their group, I, I'd like to think it's inspirational or certainly aspirational. Um, I know we spoke earlier about some students can be put off or maybe scared of that. Oh, well, you know, sports only for those people in the, in the best teams. But hopefully there's students who think, wow, if you're, you know, year seven student, and you know that the first 11 football team have been national champions, you hopefully want to be part of that when you're a senior student. So that's the sort of journey I want to see, like the younger students looking up to the older students, seeing the success and want to sort of follow in their footsteps. Wonderful. You've got some very famous sporting alumni. Tell us more about them. We have, yeah, very fortunate. Obviously, everyone knows about Frank Lampard, probably one of the, you know, one of the sort of Premier League greats. I'm sure he'll be in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Obviously, we've got other football, I think, of current memory we've probably got five players who are playing professional football at the moment which is incredible that's always that's always sort of been the flagship in terms of that famous alumni I mean people don't like to mention Eddie Hearn but I know as a famous boxing promoter he might not be in terms of as a performer but certainly involved in elite sport and um and good at business and very good business so you know something for all in terms of sport and business combined yeah football seems to be where we've had so many of our successes in terms of those going on to the elites but I'm sure the range of sports that we offer now I'm sure there'll be a lot more there'll be a lot more sports where we can showcase our successes obviously fencing's huge at the school I'm, in, I'm sure over time there'll be a we'll have an Olympian who's, who's part of the fencing squad um, there's lots of you know if you if you walk down our corridors and you see all the different shirts you see there's this person's played for Essex cricket this person's played for you know saracens rugby this person's been an international fencer it's there's quite a lot of there's we're running out of space actually we need to find an, we need to find somewhere else in the school where we can showcase all these jerseys and um training tops of our uh, of our former students that's really lovely. So now sport these days isn't just sport on the field, isn't it? You can actually study sport. You're offering academics courses, aren't you? We do, yeah. Ac- academic PE is um, a really big part of the department. We, we, a lot of students choose it, which is great. So we have GCSE PE for our sort of year 10, 11, that key stage four pathway. And again, we're, you know, over 50, 60 students are choosing that, which is brilliant. And then from that, there's actually two separate courses you can study at key stage five. So when you join the sixth form, you've got your A-level pathway where students study that sort of sports science base and they, they combine that with their other subjects. And you've got the students whose who sport is their real passion. That's all they want to do. So they'll go down the BTEC route. So we do a BTEC level three, which is the sort of highest level of course you can do in that area. It's been some huge success at it actually with recent cohorts. And I think people are finding that you, you can still get to their, your destination of your sort of first choice university by doing that BTEC and getting those higher marks, which we've been achieving. So it's nice that we've got sort of two courses in the sixth form um, for students to opt into PE, which is great. And it's a huge industry these days. It would be so silly to ignore it completely, wouldn't it? Well, I'm just thinking back to when I did my degree um, and I think you, it was literally sports science and that was it. That was the only that was the only sports course there was, and, and PE teaching. And now you look when you do your UCAS application, there's sports coaching, there's sports nutrition, sports psychology, biomechanics. There's just probably twenty courses you can do. So it shows you the industry you can do. And there's so much choice there now, and sports big business. Yeah, sports huge business in terms of you know um, what people people watching, people participating, and because of that, they need more sort of staff more bodies so the the role the role of working in sport has grown exponentially which is fantastic 
Let's talk a bit about funding. Uh, it's not always easy to, to get funding to go to the school of your choice. You offer some sports scholarships, don't you? We do. So we've got scholarships at 11 plus when you enter at year seven. And then we've just recently introduced one at 16 plus where you join the sixth form. Obviously, scholarships are certainly an attractive option for students to apply for because it gives you opportunities in terms of, you know, a small amount of fee remission. And the reason behind it is obviously twofold, really. Number one, to attract the best sports people to Brentwood. And also, we hope that those sports people, whilst at Brentwood, can be inspirational and act as leaders for our current students. As a sports scholar, we try to say you don't get anything extra than you would as a uh, you know, I say a normal student, I say a normal student, but it's important that sports scholars take the opportunities that are available, available to them in terms of the staffing that's in the sports department. And obviously we have a, um, we run a program called the Elite Player Performance Programme. And that's where, that's where the students who are excelling in their sport can get additional support through their strength and conditioning. We've got a full-time strength and conditioning coach and that just is just another, adds another layer to a performance in terms of how they can improve their sort of physical and capabilities. Does that put pressure on the students, the, the scholarship students? Do you find that they want to work harder because they've been supported? Yeah, I think, I mean, pressure, I mean, I think, I think pressure is positive. I, I, I don't think we should ever be scared of pressure. I think if you've got pressure on yourself, that shows you're doing something well. Um, I think with the scholars, what our job is the ones who have got those aspirations. It's about managing their time and about making sure they're supported. So if they need to go after training, they've had time to do their homework. It's making sure that they're representing the school at the right time, but also that we're managing their workload. You know, we can't expect them to play every sport every day because they burn out. And it's about just sort of managing their sort of timetable. So they're representing the school and they get to play with their friends, but also they're given time and space and support so they can chase their dreams if they're working at a club outside of school. So for example, we've got a couple of our sports scholars who are at football academies and um, they have an afternoon off a week where they go and train at their academy and we facilitated that because we think that's important and it keeps them part of their academy but also gives them a bit more space and time to travel. It's, it's, little thing, it's, it's sort of having a sort of individual tailored plan for each student to make sure they're succeeding. Presumably they bring useful things back into the school as well, having gone out to that environment, don't they? Of course. And that's, you know, a reason, you know, the, the more we try and build links with the top academies and obviously the partnerships, obviously we, that's an area in terms of sort of strategic development we want to try and improve. We want to develop our partnerships with the sort of local club like West Ham, for example. I mean, I'm a big Arsenal fan, so that's going to be tough for me to... <laughs> build a partnership with someone like West Ham but I think obviously the benefit you like you saying bringing things back into our environment so you know for example recently our head of boys games Mr Smith he's been training with the Welsh 7 squad which is an amazing opportunity for him but hopefully he's going to bring back some sort of practices and sort of you know things he's learned in that environment that we can use with our students whether that's for the top end or whether that's for the students who want to participate so the more we can be outward facing the better we can improve the programme are there any other developments that and ambitions you have for the sport at Brentwood School? I think my role is relatively new in terms of it's a it's a whole school, it's a three to eighteen role. So I think the biggest the, big, the biggest target is to try and get like a, a framework or like a pathway where you have like progressions from age three where they join the school at nursery, right all the way through where they leave at eighteen. So sort of joining up the two schools and their programmes and making sure it's progressive in our delivery, making sure it's innovative. So we're trying trying new things. Yeah, I'd like to think in three to five years' time, 
there's a clear pathway for the student of what they do when they're in the prep school and how it feeds into the senior school. That's sort of the, I suppose, the, the main event we're looking at the moment. Obviously, every director of sport has got a wish list. I'm sure they're always banging on their headmaster's door on the bursal. We need this, we need that in terms of facilities. Um, and as the school grows, hopefully we can sort of see that in terms of, you know, you know, updating our facilities, which are fantastic already, but you always want more. So I'd like to think that in the next five years, can we be in a position where we've maybe added some more cricket nets so we can, you know, have that structure for the girls and the boys to play, potentially looking at, you know, can we update our fitness suite so we can get some new machines in there so we've got more students who are want to participate in our sort of health and fitness strand. Yeah, but I think the pathway of age three to 18 is the, is the key thing for me going forward. So at the moment, have you got any particular sort of standout sports men and women that we should be looking for? Any names, any Mo Farahs on your list? Oh, we've got loads. I suppose this is the bit where we talk about we're adding pressure, but, you know, I think that's a good thing. I'm sure I'll miss some, some, I'll, I'll miss some out, but certainly uh, Millie Stacey, who is an upper sixth student, she has been played for the national, like the ISFA national select squad. So she's playing at a really high level of football. Joe Payne is a few years younger. He's also played national uh, football for ISFA. He's at Colchester United. Stanley Skipper has just been signed as a contract for Gillingham. So he's going to... He sounds like a footballer. Stanley he Skipper. Does. I mean, what a, what a name for a footballer. Fantastic name. And it's, um, yeah, he's worked really hard and he's now going to be a pro at Gillingham. So he's obviously, unfortunately, leaving the school, but he's got a really exciting journey ahead of him. Um, if I think about the girls, we've got more, more of the girls. We've got an England hockey player, Molly Smith. So she represented England hockey under-16s last year, which was an incredible achievement. We've got a young tennis player, Edie Griffiths, who's you know ranked very high nationally. She's only in year eight at the moment, but she's playing in the sort of highest standard of tournaments she can do of her age. She was due to complete in Florida recently at the Orange Bowl, which is in, you know the best, the best tennis players in the world, and she's been part of that. Benji Mills is another uh, student in the lower sixth. He plays at the Saracens Academy, and he's on track, we think, to potentially get an England under-18 cap uh, this time next year. So cricket, you know, there's some fantastic cricketers all playing, you know, Essex representative cricket. I mean, look, so many. I could, I could, I could name you th- three or four in each, in each year group. I suppose I've sort of focused on the older ones because they're the ones who are probably potentially coming to the end of their sporting journey at Brentwood and hopefully are going to go on to bigger things as they leave the school. Wonderful. I'll say I can still hear that passion and that pride in your voice. It's, it's superb. So I'm going to finish by asking you to tell me something which might surprise your colleagues and students. Not too racy. Not too real. Well, I mean, that's the, I mean, this PE teachers, we lead that boring life. All we, you know, all we get up to is on the sports field, coaching, shouting at students. No, um, I suppose, what would be the truth? I mean, I, so before I, I mean, as a, as a student, obviously everyone's looking to, you know, uh, money is, you know, they're sort of part-time jobs. And I was actually a children's entertainer. So I've always worked with children for a long time, but it was a different environment. I was, I could spin plates, I could juggle. We used to do all these different types of <laughs> like parties for, you know, for sort of age between six and eight, gladiator parties, football parties, circus skills. So that was sort of uh, my forte before I came into teaching when I was sort of at uni trained to be a teacher, you know, trained to be a teacher. My, my part-time job was a children's entertainer. So, yeah, dressed up as a clown sometimes, unfortunately, the red nose and a big wig. So, yeah, that was my uh, <laughs> that was my sort of part-time job when I was younger. Mr. Gamester, you're never going to be allowed to forget that, you realise. I know. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it's been lovely to talk to you today and, uh, and to get your views on sport. And uh, I'm very jealous. Sounds like a great place to, to study sport and a great place to be at school. Thank you for today. No, thank you for having me.
That's it for this episode and thank you for listening. To find out more, check out the school website, brentwoodschool.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.